0: Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large.
1: Well, hello, everyone. This is Sherry Beck and welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. Today I am talking to my coworker, the newest member of the EOD Warrior Foundation team, Jockeys Hope. Jockeys is serving as our marketing and scholarship coordinator. Welcome to our team and welcome to Behind the Warrior, Jockeys. Thank you. You are welcome. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and where you grew up and what led you to joining the military?
0: I am from Plainfield, New Jersey. I joined the military because I was going to have a son. And at that young age, I really wasn't doing anything that had a good future for me. I was working, but from job to job, nothing with benefits, anything like that. And one day I saw the old Army commercial, Be All You Can Be, come on the TV. It was a Saturday. I called the recruiting office right after that. I told him he needed to come take me to take the test right away. He did within two hours, I took the test. I signed up. I left the next day, Sunday, to go to basic training in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri.
1: Wow, that was a quick turnaround. It was needed. Yeah, it was needed, and and it provided you a, a secure future for you and your family. Then, as yes. you were expecting a little boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. Fantastic. Well. Um, we thank you for your service and, and know that you honorably served for 22 years in the Army. And how did you first start out in the Army? What was your job at that time?
0: I was back then; it was called a 91 Bravo, which was a combat mm-hmm. medic, which later on switched to 68 Whiskey, a healthcare specialist.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I and served
0: for 13 years.
1: Wow! Wow! Um, and how many tours did you do back and forth at that time?
0: I think I did about three tours at that time.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, what led you to switching career fields? What led you to the EOD career field?
0: Well, I was I got promoted pretty quick in the medical field. I started out at E1, and I made it all up until I made it all the way up to sergeant first class, promotable. So at that time, I started looking for the future. I knew I was going to obviously finish that twenty years, but I said, "What would I do after that?" So then I saw that they were asking for officers. So I put my package in. I still didn't have my degree at that time, so I did the last. I was one of the last classes that did the program where you had to still get your education while you were in without taking a break. So actually during my last deployment as a medic, I ran the hospital in Basra, Iraq, and I completed all my credit hours I needed to complete to get my degree. Wow. And then I came back and I went to OCS.
1: That's phenomenal. So where did you go through OCS school? Fort Benning. In Fort Benning, Georgia? Georgia, Okay, all right, okay. Um, And then for the remaining years of service, you spent as an EOD officer then. So um, how how was that? How was that experience for you?
0: It was amazing. I loved being a medic, but if I would have known earlier what EOD was about, from the inside, obviously, I probably would have switched over at the 10-year mark. You don't know a lot about what EOD does, From the outside, you just assume that, as everybody says, "Oh, they just blow up things or keep things from blowing up." It's so much more than that. Such a great field. It's it's just it treated me like family, and I loved it.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, EOD is a big family. It it truly is. Um, Even even after you leave service, it seems like you're just an arm's length away from another EOD technician that you either served with or you have that common bond. Yes, it's
0: it's a huge MOS throughout the services, but it's such a small family feeling to it that it just, it, it amazes you.
1: Right, right. Well, what um, what was your favorite duty station? Did you have one that, was, that really stands out for you?
0: Hawaii was by far my most favorite.
1: Oh, where were you? Um, so you must tell me the base that you were Schofield, on. Schofield Barracks on Oahu. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And how many years did you have a tour there?
0: I was there for Two and a half years.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was, what was it that you loved about Hawaii the most?
0: The unit. We were such a close-knit family. And I also loved the fact that we had the PACOM mission. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of times in Thailand, Guam, Philippines. We went as far as I went to London. I went to India doing the VIPs. But mainly it was the people. We were so close there that I loved going to work. Oh. And then we were close even after work was over.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And and again, a unique situation and unique to, I think, the EOD career field as well. Yes. Right. Um, well, that is really, really nice. Have you gone back since you've retired? Not yet, no. No. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I know that, that family is so important to you, Jacques. So I know that you have a son and a daughter. Um any big travel plans for the future or doing something fun with your family
0: me and my daughter are planning to go to france because i want to take her to disneyland over in france oh we've been talking about it for many many years so we're making plans to go do that
1: oh how exciting how exciting she's gonna love that yes yes we, we watch
0: the videos on it and do the planning, so we're looking forward to that
1: that's fantastic very good um well as I said at the beginning of the podcast, you are our newest member of the EOD Warrior Foundation team, and we're so happy to have you on on our staff and um, you are the marketing and scholarship coordinator so can you tell us a little bit about your position and I know it's it's very new still, but uh, is there anything that stands out for you in regards to the position or what attracted you to wanting to apply for this position,
0: I was attracted to the position because it brings me back into the active EOD family. I mean, I mean the community at a whole. Yes, I retired EOD, but being able to be a part of this foundation allows me to really get back into it and talk to everybody, active, retired, and their families. It's very exciting. The scholarship part is what excites me the most because it's giving the families an opportunity to get their education. Mm-hmm. I love the way that we put rape back into the community, specifically for EOD and take care of the families. And if you love EOD, which all of us do, and doing something like this, being involved so close with everyone, you can't turn it down. It excites, it excites you.
1: Right, right. Well, we're happy to have you. And um, what do you think makes the EOD Warrior Foundation so unique?
0: Everything that they do. From outside, even in the community before I received this job and applied for it, I didn't know we did as much as what we did. I thought it was just along the financial grants and helping people people in need or emergencies. I didn't realize how in-depth we were with the social media, reaching out and touching everybody as far as Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Again, the scholarship program and the Excitement of all the volunteers that just all across the U.S. just are so excited to help us and to give back to the community and to make sure everybody's taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that's unique. I mean, I did medical for us at 13 years, and it was good. But it wasn't like this. We didn't have anything specific to our family, our community, our needs. This This is rare, and I love it.
1: Yeah. Well, I have this conversation quite often because my son is part of a, a different MOS in the navy and i have to remind him that our son is not part of a small tight-knit community such as EOD and it does make a difference when you are in that sort of specialized field um so i think it's interesting because we are unique in the way that we take care of the explosive ordnance disposal community the families the warriors, and it's it's really quite a privilege. It really is. What are some of your favorite things that you like to do, Jacques? I know you you like uh, you like to exercise and stay in shape. So, uh, what what keeps you motivated, and what kind of things do you like to do?
0: I love to exercise and stay in shape, and I actually help a lot of people in our neighborhood. We have a fitness group. It's just, I just always have been like that. The military, you know, they they train you. They they put PT first. That's the first thing you do in the morning. And for some of us, that's the last thing we do at night. So I love to stay in shape, but also love to play basketball. But more so any of that, as I got older and retired, I started to fall in love with landscaping and and taking care of my house and my yard. Mm -hmm. That just seems to be very relaxing. Put my headphones on on Saturday or Sunday morning, cut the grass, edge, do a whole bunch of things to the house. Um, I'm falling into that retirement mode very well.
1: (laughs) Yeah well um, it's nice to find other things that you're interested in and kind of pass the time but also we don't always get to do that when we're always fast-paced mode and and always on so I think that's awesome. Is there anything um, about landscaping that you like the most? Do you like um, experimenting with planning different things, or it's just more the, the methodology of cutting the grass and seeing the end result of an organized and beautiful yard?
0: <laughs> the end result, taking pride mm-hmm. when somebody walks by and says, your, your yard look beautiful, or when they come in to the back. Well, my daughter, mm-hmm. my daughter's really into gardening, so we always change out the flowers and the plants and bring color to the house. She always said it used to be uncolorful and oh, not no. inviting. She said I needed to add color so once I started working with her, I ended up liking it myself a whole lot. Uh-huh. So it's the end result. And being able, when I'm coming down the street, I can see those colors from all the way down the street and know that. That's my yard.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Junkies, What what keeps you motivated to, after serving 22 years in the military and almost being like... Uh, I, I won't say forced to be motivated every day, but you know, uh, waking up and knowing that you had a job to do and, and all those sorts of things. But what keeps you motivated after service? Helping people.
0: This, this foundation, this job, this new career is all about helping people. That's what motivates me. I got a lot of help throughout my career from different people, leadership, Soldiers that worked for me, next to me, so we always was looking to help each other. So this that's that's what motivates motivates me. Mm-hmm. Help, even as far as when I said doing the the workout, it's helping other people get in shape or lose weight or reach their goals. So that's a motivating factor. Mm-hmm. The military, we join it to help everybody. We say we do it, you know, to defend where we live at and our family and friends. So you get in the mode of just wanting to help people, and that's what motivates me.
1: Right, right. It's very cool. Well, thank you for your motivation. Thank you. Yeah. And helping people and, and giving back to others is very important in life. So to instinctually have that uh, desire is, is very cool. Um, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about your favorite things. What is your favorite... Song, do you have one favorite song that sticks out for you?
0: Yes. I can't remember the name, but it is in the movie Armageddon and it's the scene when Aerosmith sings it when Bruce Willis is about to push the button to blow himself up on the meteor and save his daughter in the world, but he has flashes of everything from his daughter to a little girl to where she is when he left her. And I can't think of the song, but everybody knows the movie *Armageddon*, and they know Aerosmith, so they know that song.
1: Okay, all right. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to dig into that and see. Um, what about your favorite food? Do you have a, a particular food that you like? Yes,
0: fried chicken. What? Yes.
1: Uh huh. So, do you have? Okay, so fried chicken is a pretty broad. Like it can be prepared so many ways. Do you have, like, is it your mom's fried chicken that you love the most, or is it a restaurant that you like the most? It's my own. <laughs> it's your own. Okay, well, come up with those skills. What kind of recipe do you use for your fried chicken?
0: It's, that's a secret. I can't give my secret out. Somebody might steal it and try to copyright it.
1: Okay. But it's nothing. Right.
0: I, I don't use flour. Okay. Like most people do, I don't use flour and it still comes out as crispy. Yes, it still comes out crispy. People will argue that, but it still does.
1: That's interesting. My husband is a huge fried chicken lover and, uh, we always, I mean, we, Popeyes is our favorite. Like if, if we had to choose any fast food restaurant to have fried chicken it's, it's always Popeye's so yes I agree um all right okay well see I didn't know I learned something new about you you have skills fried chicken skills I love it <laughs> <laughs> um how about your favorite season of the year fall fall and what is it about fall that you love
0: It's not as hot as May, June, July, August. (laughs) The flowers and, again, the grass, everything still has all those colors popping, but it dies down and... I'm a motorcycle rider. I Mm -hmm. love doing it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to ride when you're not stopped at a light and that sun is beaming down on you. But fall brings in the breezes in the cooler temperature.
1: It does. And, you know, because we live here in the panhandle of Florida, um, we're very fortunate that we do get a little bit of a reprieve from the heat and the humidity. And typically around the end of September, October time frame we get a really nice break for about five months, <laughs> five, six months. And then when June comes around, it's, it's, you know, the temperatures go up again, but yes, yeah, do. but I think it's, I think it, the fall here is beautiful. I do. And and you even see some of the color changes you do. Um, and I'm sure on your motorcycle, when you take a ride, you probably see that too, as you go into Alabama or other, other ventures um how about let's see do you have a favorite book
0: no i don't have a favorite book i do read but i don't mm-hmm. have a favorite book you do read because it's just relaxing is that right you learn something
1: mm-hmm. so do you like fiction nonfiction? What is your like do you like to read factual stuff or uh autobiographies do you have something that you like the best fiction yeah fiction cool um how about your favorite movie
0: my favorite movie would be Armageddon.
1: Armageddon. We're gonna get that. I just song. I
0: love the whole concept of it when he volunteers to push that button, knowing he won't go back to his daughter, but he's saving her so she can go on. Right. As a father and having I have a son too, but having a daughter is just different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. So I, I I really, really connect with that. So I love that movie and I love that song. hmm
1: Fantastic. Well, it has a good message there, doesn't it? It's- yeah. Mm-hmm. How about a favorite hobby that you have?
0: Motorcycle riding.
1: Yeah. What yes. kind of bike do you have?
0: I used to have street bikes. I mm-hmm. sold my last one a year ago, but I just bought a new Indian, a mm-hmm. cruiser, that's supposed to be delivered in about a week and a half. Ooh. And my daughter rides with me, so she can't wait for it to come in. We went up there last week to buy some things to have put on there, a seat for her, a little bit more comfortable. And once it comes in that's what we're going to be doing that whole weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. It's the
0: feeling of just being able to ride and relax and just enjoy it and that's why I love fall so much because it's not as hot. So mm-hmm. it's just motorcycle ride. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Clears the mind.
1: Yeah. Cool. And what does your daughter, been, like, what does she get out of it? She, I mean, obviously she loves spending time with you. There's no doubt. I know I have a real strong feeling that she's a daddy's girl. So. She is a
0: daddy's girl. <laughs> it is to it spend the time together, but she mm-hmm. just likes to ride. I've always written her even since she was. A little kid. I'd put her on the back of the bike. I would literally just ride around the neighborhood mm-hmm. and I would tie a belt around me and her just mm-hmm. so she wouldn't fall off right. she could stand, not stand up but sit up. Uh-huh. So she's always ridden with me. Uh-huh. So she loves it. And we haven't ridden in over a year. Oh, wow. So
1: we're both like, it's time. It's going to be a real treat yes. when you get that bike. Awesome. Well, I want to see a picture of it. No problem. <laughs> All right. All right. So, I know we talked about fried chicken as your favorite food and what you love to cook, but is there any other meal that you really love to prepare or that maybe your daughter loves?
0: She loves salmon.
1: Really? Yeah. Do you have a recipe for that? Yes. Uh-huh. And you're not sharing that not either, are Not going to share
0: you? it either. <laughs> no. no. Not, not the seasoning, not the glaze.
1: Okay. No, I'm not going to share it. All right. Well... I do have a salmon recipe I will share with you. But um that's really cool that she loves fish. That's awesome. Um She loves
0: and- everything I cook. We mm-hmm. always mess with her mother, and I ask her in front of her, who cooks better? And she always says, Daddy.
1: Oh. It's not true,
0: though. Her mother can really cook, but I just like messing with her. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Well, great. Well, do you think that the Panhandle of Florida is going to be your – uh destination from here here moving forward, Jacquise or do you ever have an itchy desire to move again?
0: No, I'm not going to move. I, I planned for it years before I retired, mm-hmm. so I already knew I was coming back to this area. I knew how strong EOD was in this area, mm-hmm. the schoolhouse, the foundation, my daughter, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah,
1: understood. Well, you did spend a stint at the schoolhouse before yes. you retired. So what was instructor, were you an instructor there?
0: Yes, I uh, was an instructor.
1: Okay, what was that like? What was that role like versus being um, a student or out out in combat?
0: <laughs> I liked it because mm-hmm. once, uh, I've done an instructor before as a medic and as a combat instructor, a drill sergeant, so I've always been in that position to where I was helping the younger generation go through the school to come into our community. Mm -hmm. And in the division I was in, it was one of the later ones. So by that time they really knew what they wanted. They was there still at the end. So that means they were, they were ready to be EOD, but working with them, they were amazing. All services, Navy, Air Force, Marines, army was amazing. Mm -hmm. I loved it. That was a great way to finish my career.
1: Right. That's fantastic. Um, it used to be that you had to be at a certain level, like an E5 or above, in order to even become an EOD technician. And now the Marine Corps is the only one that still has that requirement that you have to be an E5, is that yes, correct? Yes, I think
0: it's the Marine Corps still does Yeah, that.
1: yeah. So did you see any varying differences between people that were, like, coming right out of boot camp versus someone that was a little more seasoned? Was there Were there differences or... I feel like if you choose this career field, you're pretty dedicated.
0: Yes, yes. I didn't see a big difference based on instructing at the end of school. Mm-hmm. I probably would have seen it more in the beginning when the straight out of boot camp came there. But being that I, we were one of the last um, divisions, no, no, they were, they were focused, mm-hmm. and they were ready to go out and be techs. Mm-hmm. I mean, now and then, they would you know, veer off to the left or right. But we, we joked with him again, too, because it was so far in the school. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Now, everybody that came through, all services, they were ready. Yeah. They were serious. They were focused. It's a long school, and you definitely, definitely have to be dedicated to it. So they were ready.
1: Yeah, you sure do. You sure do. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, what a great place to be as far as being an EOD instructor and, and being able to provide some level of influence that, is positive and encouraging and also, you know, hard when you have to be.
0: Yes, I love it.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Very good. Well, I um, just want to thank you for uh, spending some time with me this morning. Jackie's just uh, letting people know who you are and what you do and welcoming you to the EOD Warrior Foundation team and we're just delighted to have you with us and Look forward to spending a lot of years of laughing and doing great work together. So I am too. Uh,
0: I'm glad to be here.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. And um, everybody, you can catch Jucky's posting on Facebook and Instagram and doing all kinds of things, but he will also be the scholarship coordinator for this fall semester. So please, um, you know, give him a shout out and uh, we continue to just do good things and it takes all of us to do it so thank you
0: thank you thank you for listening to our behind the warrior podcast this series is provided to you by the eod warrior foundation to learn more please visit us on facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org and don't forget to tell a friend